Yeah. So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties. Dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties. Dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Episode 83. So I am here solo dolo. Because, as y'all know, there is a pandemic in the world, and we are practicing social distancing as much as we possibly can. So, uh, D-Flow is definitely home with the family, making sure everything is good on that front. And Distinguished is considered an essential worker. Um, And so, for him, he stated that he didn't feel comfortable with the idea of him interacting with multiple people and potentially picking something up um, on his clothes or something like that and exposing me and the rest of the office uh, to corona. Now, that's not to say that he is at risk. He is not at risk of getting corona, but for him, he felt like it was important just to take those extra precautions. With that being said, the show must go on. We have to give you guys the content and the opinions that y'all love to hate or hate to love, whatever whatever works for you. But uh, yeah, we here. Um, so as much as we can give you this dad hats and bow ties goodness, we're gonna try and do it. So let's let's get it popping. Uh, let's start off with a R.I.P. to Joseph Lowry, uh, who was a civil rights icon, passed at at ninety eight. Um, so rest in peace, and definitely prayers to the family. I uh, want to get it out, get that out the way for sure, um, because this is a, a interesting time. This isn't this isn't play play. Like we are really in a situation, um, and so with that being said, I kind of want to make sure that we give you, you know, some good entertainment. But I have to have to acknowledge um, his passing. So, R.I.P. Joseph Lowry. Um, I mean, what can we say? Our civil rights leaders are important and there isn't much else to say. You got to you want to look up his track record and all the things that he did. I definitely encourage you to do so. All right. So let's get into our traditional all man moment. So I had a couple of all man moments this week, but the one that I'm going to focus on is me at the laundry. So I went to do laundry this week and the laundry obviously wasn't the part that kind of had me like, oh man, it was the realization of all the extra steps that a motherfucker had to do to make sure he was clear of Corona. And it was really interesting. So for those of you who don't know, I have a family member who has ALS 
um, and obviously a compromised immune system, as well as sometimes they consider me compromised because of my sickle cell. However, um, my sickle cell doesn't really, we spoke about this on the podcast before, but my sickle cell doesn't impact me as much as others. So my immune system is pretty much good. Um, but for extra precautions, that's one of the reasons why Distinguished decided not to not to pull up until this calms down a little bit. But um, but yeah, so because I have a family member who has ALS, I'm precautious too because I don't want to pick something up and spread it and spread it to other people when I'm visiting them, when I'm seeing them and things like that. And um, so I just have to keep that in mind um, because I do have people that I would like to see and would like to visit and be around, but I'm not going to do so with the idea that it may, I may pick something up. So I'm being extra cautious, making sure that I'm doing all the right things. Right. So I go to the laundry and I'm like picking up the cart and I'm like, I have gloves on. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good with the gloves. We good here. Then I'm like, shit, I got to use the bathroom. So now I'm like, damn, I got to take a piss real quick. I got to take these gloves off. Now I got, I have brought extra gloves because I'm like that. And the niggas is, niggas is prepared, but I'm like, all right, cool. So I got three gloves. I'm, I take, take mine off. So now I got two pairs of gloves left. So I'm like, all right, cool. Use the bathroom, da, 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 get out of there. Now all of that shit was walkie. Niggas had to give me a key. And I'm like, how many niggas touched this key? Like, this is the things that run through your, these are the things that run through your mind when you have to really Think about your actions before you do them. So I'm like, yo, how many niggas touched this damn key? All right, make sure you don't touch the key. Now I'm putting laundry into the machines. And I'm like, damn, this table might have to wipe this shit down. I don't want to put my clothes in the car. I don't want to put them back on the table. Just a lot of shit to think about. So that was my all man. Because I was like, nah, this should not be as complicated as it is. But we are here. This is where we are right now. And we'll talk a little bit about Corona or I'll talk a little bit about. See, I can't even get out of that shit and thinking about two other people here. But I'll talk about Corona a little bit later. Um, But yeah, so that was my all man. But let's get to the really pertinent news of the day. The shit that is really going to impact us the most. Ladies and gentlemen, There has been a report of a shortage of condoms. Okay. All right. We are now (laughs) at red alert. So there is a plant um, that is a distributor of condoms. And they're saying that they had to shut down because of the coronavirus. Because of that, normally they make a hundred million or they distribute a hundred million condoms in 10 days, but they've been shut down for 10 days. So they haven't been able to keep up with that demand. And so now there's being reports from companies like Dorex and stuff that there will be a shortage in, you know, next 10 days. So we are here. Pullout Olympics has officially begun. Now, I'm not participating, but for you really fucking, I don't even know what to call y'all, daredevil individuals who 
would love to to see what it is. The floodgates is open. Good luck. And I believe that the prize at the end of the tunnel is you don't have a baby. But best believe, I am predicting that in November, December, and January, there will be a huge influx of babies. All right? The COVID-19, instead of calling niggas millennials and Gen Z, these are going to be the COVID-19s. All right? But, um, yeah, that's where we are. We got niggas who have been... N- coronavirus and chilling or quarantine and chilling for the last two three weeks and i ain't gonna i ain't gonna hold you it does get a little lonely after week two after week two you start to look in your your phone book a little different like i haven't spoken to so and so in a while i'm i'm letting y'all know y'all should not do that don't hit them contacts up it's just gonna reinvigorate old bad memories but we are here. That's that's really where niggas' mindsets get to after week two. I'm just breaking it down for you. Week one is like, oh, this ain't that bad. You know what I mean? Shit, a little, little time off. A little, I'm by myself. I'm chilling. I get to watch all the things I want to watch. I get to do all the things I want to do. By week two, you know what I mean? You stop scrolling on IG the same way. Now you, you texting people you haven't spoken to in five months. Hey, how you doing? You keeping safe? You good? That's where we are. Week three, that's where you see all the fuckery on Instagram, which we will talk about now. So Instagram Live, ladies and gentlemen, listen to my voice. Listen to me clearly. Nobody gives a fuck about y'all lives that much, okay? Y'all niggas is on Instagram Live every 22 seconds. Y'all gotta relax. Nobody cares. I'm not asking you questions, okay? If I want to ask you something, I'm going to text you directly fuck is we doing stop going on instagram live showing you every y'all just exposing that y'all don't do shit we get it all right we all are stuck in the house you don't need to be on instagram live every two seconds talking about hey y'all what y'all doing i'm just here i don't give a fuck i don't care I don't care. And this goes for the fucking celebrities too cuz all y'all niggas is bored too. Just keep jumping on live. Yo, I can't get to my stories because there's 56 niggas going live. Y'all got to relax. It's not that deep. Now, honestly, what this is showing me is that we really need to learn how to be by ourselves. Every five minutes, we are seeking validation from strangers. Because if you're you're really trying to keep up with the people in your life, Sure, cool. You could be on Instagram, and, and Instagram Live could be a tool for that. But we also got FaceTime. We also have calls. So that one-on-one contact can happen. If you really want to keep it funky, you can do a Zoom with all your family members if you want to do multiple people at one time. But this Instagram Live shit, let's be real with ourselves. This is all about seeking validation from other people and having other people see what we doing, comment on what we doing and making us feel like we are somebody in a time where for not not everybody is comfortable being by themselves. Not everybody feels good being alone. And that's understandable. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just a matter of moderation and learning to be by yourself. I think that that's the important piece that we are missing in this generation. 
we are consistently looking for validation somewhere, some form, somehow. And it's like we don't give ourselves enough time to really be by ourselves, learn who we are as individuals, and then go interact in the world with this new understanding of who we are. We don't do it enough. And that goes for relationships, too. I think that's one of the main components as to why relationships fail, honestly. For me, I don't think enough people know themselves well enough. When you know yourself well enough, you can tell your partner or spouse ahead of time how you're feeling, what's going on with you, and give them some form of a forewarning so that that way you guys can communicate with one another as to how to proceed. Maybe you need some distance. Maybe you need some space. Maybe you need some love. Maybe you need some comfort, some attention. But when you don't know yourself, you just end up in attitudes or you end up in not feeling like yourself. And then this person has to deal with it and try to figure out the fucking jigsaw puzzle. And I think that that's a large piece of what is going on, not only in relationships, but friendships and families. We don't know ourselves. So this is a time where that is something that we can do. That's something that we can practice. Shit, we got no choice. And now, let me not be insensitive to the people that are home with multiple generational families in one household or are home with multiple people. They got eight people in the house, six people in the house. This is a challenging time for those people. And we don't always acknowledge that and understand that. But this is a challenging time for people who have so many other bodies existing with them at one time. And they all have to be in a confined space. So... My prayers definitely go out to those people. My thoughts go out to those people. But at the same time, for us who can, we can use this time to really reflect and work on us and understand us so that we bring the best version of us into society. So we got to get out this Instagram live, this social media confinement. It, is, it does not define us. It's supposed to be a tool that helps us connect with other people. And I think that that's dope. I, I'm all for it. I'm not one of these niggas that is like, technology is bad. Like, that's not me. But at the end of the day, I do feel like we are straying from using it correctly. We got to get back to that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more with these stupid motherfuckers out here licking shit. I'm letting you know right now. I see you lick some shit in front of me. I'm punching you right in your face. Okay. It's right here It's on the podcast All right I'm letting niggas know Don't lick no shit In front of me Don't lick no shit In general All right So you got Last week We spoke about Shorty Who was on the airplane Licking toilet bowls Talking about She was bringing Corona awareness I I don't get it I don't know how You're doing that By licking the toilet But kudos to you Okay And now we got Some nigga Corey Fister We're not even gonna Talk about that last name I, I hope that the source that I got this shit from was wrong, but Fister, okay, my man's name is Corey Fister. What did you expect from a nigga named Corey Fister? The next video was going to be a fist going up his ass. We know where this was going, all right? But Corey Fister was out here, and he decided to lick a bunch of deodorants in some convenience store. I don't know if it was Walmart, Walgreens. I don't know where the fuck the nigga was. But he decided it would be a grand idea to wake up one morning, walk 
or drive. You got to break these things down because niggas really got to understand the process as to how we get to the nigga licking shit in a convenience store. How do we get here? A nigga had to get up, get the bright idea. You know what? I'm going to go lick some shit. You know, there's Corona out here and they're saying one of the ways to get it is by some nigga touching some shit and then that shit getting into my mouth. But I got the bright idea to go out there and lick some shit. All right. So the nigga gets up in the morning. He has that epiphany. He travels to said destination and then proceeds to lick things. And then the nigga gets hit with a terrorism charge. All right. We are in quarantine. There are a bunch of states that are locked down. Y'all Instagram celebrity wannabe ass niggas need to chill the fuck out. Okay. And I go for my niggas too that know me and I know them. Y'all niggas got to chill out. It's not all fun. It's not all games. Granted, some of the shit is funny. I'm not going to take away from the humor aspect of it. But only when you're putting yourself in danger or you're doing stupid shit to yourself and nobody else. All right. There is an equivalent exchange when you lick something, dummy. You are not only picking up the germs, but you are putting germs out there. So if you had Corona and didn't know you had it and then you licked all that shit and niggas go and they go pick up a deodorant now they have corona too. So we're not thinking ahead of the curve, or at least these niggas aren't, when they want to get a bunch of likes and a bunch of follows and a bunch of yo, you crazy on social media. Y'all have to put into perspective why y'all are doing the dumb shit. You're not doing it for a million dollars. Yo, niggas used to get paid for shit like this. Y'all are fucking up the ecosystem. Some of y'all are too young to remember Fear Factor. But niggas was getting $100,000 checks and shit like that for doing the dumb shit y'all are doing for free. For some likes and some follows. All right? Stop fucking up the ecosystem. Y'all wilding. Y'all making it hard for niggas to get money out here because y'all are fiending for an economy that exists but does not exist. All right? Yes. Getting likes, getting follows, boosting up your numbers, All important things, especially if you are trying to make a living in the social media realm. I ain't taking that away from y'all. I'm not. But be responsible with the stupid shit that you want to do. Time and place. You could do all that dumb shit when everybody is just running around and it ain't going to be as much of a big deal. Niggas is ready to take you out right now. They, They looking for a reason to take niggas out. Okay? So, Fister... I hope you don't get the five years that you facing, but uh, part of me don't care. And then it brings us to this Lars character. And y'all niggas making me feel like an old head nigga, and I'm not even that much older than these niggas. But Lars is out here, 21-year-old, uh, social media influencer, as they're labeling him. And he went and he decided... It would also be cool to lick a toilet. So after he licks said toilet, the nigga puts up a live saying that he believes he has contracted coronavirus. And this is the shit I don't like. This is the shit that is not like it's funny, but it's not funny. It's like good for you, but it's not good for you. Because guess 
who has to now cater to you? Somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle, somebody's mother, somebody's sister, somebody's father, somebody's brother who is in the medical health field and has to report to work every day and now has to be in contact with your dumb ass and potentially pick up the virus because you thought it was a fun and smart idea to lick a fucking toilet. And then you, maybe you didn't get it from licking the toilet, but now you contract the corona because you ain't sit your fucking stupid ass down like you were supposed to, like niggas is telling you to do. Sit your dumb ass down, all right? Draw some shit, do something. But running around here fucking licking shit so you could get some likes talking about who's scared of corona. Niggas is talking about who's scared of corona. Nigga, your grandmother is scared of corona. Your grandfather's scared of corona. Your 56-year-old uncle is scared of corona. Like, y'all have to have consideration of niggas outside of your circle. Y'all niggas not gonna be 21 forever. And this brings me to my next point. Y'all niggas need to stop getting millennials fucked up with Gen Z, okay? Gen Z got their own bullshit. <laughs> millennials will own the dumb shit that we do. We have, we are the fucking pioneers of this dumb shit, of this internet phase, okay? So we got to take that on, definitely. But Gen Z has taken it and made it their own. This ain't us. <laughs> You're going to be... Hard found to find a nigga that is a millennial that's out here wilding like that. We might, we the ones putting up the funny ass memes. That's us. That's that's millennials. We the ones that are always putting up the memes with the the niggas texting the chick and the chick texts back or or the chick texts the nigga and the nigga texts back. That's us. Yeah, that's us. I, we we owning that one. Yeah, we doing the dumb shit like that. Gen Z is licking toilets. Okay. And deodorants and everything else. We are two different categories. Boomers, y'all in your own, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all the ones that are telling us all to sit the fuck down and just chill out and don't know nothing about the social media shit. So y'all not even on there. But Gen Z is his own thing now. They they here and and some of them are adults. Not everybody's a millennial anymore. Not every young nigga is a millennial. We gotta get out of this. Because it's an important distinction. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Millennials grew up with the internet and without the internet. Gen Z grew up with the internet as a basis of life. There is a huge difference there. Just like with boomers and and other generations that grew up with war or grew up with civil unrest, or grew up with factories being the main component of of working, those things that happen within a generation impact that generation's thought process, how they move, how they maneuver, and how they process and understand things. I'm I'm about to get real fucking deep with this shit. So there's a psychological, there's a belief in psychology, rather, that those who were brought up in mainly a digital space and realm process life to almost be 
like that digital space or realm. So the best way for me to describe this is those who grew up on video games, which this is not this is not the basis of the argument, but this is the best way for me to paint the picture. Those who grew up on video games, let's let's take like Halo for instance. And in Halo, you can you run around, you shoot, 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 you die, but you can respawn. Right? So the the idea is that those who grow with this idea of this digital where there's always a second chance look at life as if it's it's not that serious. Like there's things that are gonna happen, it is what it is. We'll deal with the consequences when they come. And that is the epitome of how Gen Z acts. I'm not saying the correlation is there, and I'm damn sure not saying that video games is is the component or the reason why. But what I am saying is that Gen Z definitely, I think, is influenced with this digital realm where and this fast paced environment that we live in where things are here today, they're gone tomorrow. You got to be hyper emotional in the moment. You don't think things out rationally because unfortunately we are in a space where acting out rationally doesn't get you the attention that acting irrationally does before people who acted irrationally were unfortunately ignored and kind of pushed to the side. And the reason why I say unfortunately is because nine times out of 10, we were dealing with people who had really, really strong mental health issues. So we were ignoring those people, pushing them to the side and not catering to them the way we should. Now, fast forward to 2020, and niggas is purposely acting irrational and acting out because they realize that that's the best way to get attention or validation from other people, to get eyes on them, to potentially become famous, to potentially get money. Because again, like I said, there is an economy there. We're not going to ignore that. There is a, a pattern of Yo, if I get my numbers up, if I get clout on any one of these social networks, then I can then get a check from that. Whether it's direct to consumer or there's going to be a company coming to me that says, hey, we want to, quote unquote, buy you out and make you part of our company. So now you're a face of it. Or, hey, we want a partnership with you and you wear our stuff and we'll give you a check every two months as long as you keep promoting it for the duration of this contract. There is an economy in the social media game. Don't get it fucked up. If you don't believe that and if you don't acknowledge that, you're already losing the battle. You already are missing why certain people act the way they do. And we need to understand that in order to fix it, honestly. But with that being said, Generation Z does not know how to separate the digital from the real life. And that's not their fault. It is what they grew up in. A lot of Gen Zs grew up with an iPad in their hand, literally. I've seen parents raising kids, and the first thing they do is shove an iPad at them because it keeps the child entertained for a period of time. I'm not faulting parents for that, but it's the reality. So for a lot of Gen Z, they're attached to the digital world. And not because because it's a, a negative, it's not because it's some thing that they're just hooked and addicted to it literally is a part of life for them so when 
generations that are removed from Generation Z kind of come at them like, yo, I really don't understand why social media or why they can't get away from technology. It's because it's been a part of life for them. It's like for millennials, cable television. Well, no, we were here before cable television too. See, see, it's kind of hard with us. We've been here for everything, but um, for us, let's say video games. Video games were a part of our life for most of us. Game consoles started coming out. In the 80s, that's when most of us were born. Um, Even before that, obviously, there were game consoles. But it started becoming more mainstream in the 80s. You had a bunch of different titles come out um, and and it becoming more part of American culture. And by the 90s, when we were getting raised, everybody had a Sega or a Nintendo. And this was the growth and the start of these big companies and their in-home consoles. We're not talking about the arcade councils. We're talking about in-home councils. So we grew up with that. And it's showing because now mainstream media, as we have become the adults and at the forefront, mainstream media has now taken on gaming to be an actual thing. It's an actual sport now. It's something that's taken more seriously. And that's partly because the people that are now at the forefront, this was always part of their lives. You would be a geek or a nerd before all you did was play games. You still kind of considered that, but at the same time, you're getting a check for playing games in 2020. And nine times out of ten, everybody's playing a game. Whether you're playing fucking 2K, Madden, you're playing Smash Brothers, you're playing Call of Duty. It's expected now, right? You can go to your girl and your girl be like, yo, what are you doing? And it's like, yo, I'm about to play Call of Duty tonight. And it's not going to be some, oh, this nigga is a cornball. Your girl almost expects you now to have Call of Duty or to have 2K or for whatever. And that's actually how they think they're going to get back at you when they want to try and destroy your system. Ladies, I do not encourage that. Please don't go down that route. It is a terrible route to go down. But that is where we are. And you're going to hear that a lot. That is where we are all through this episode. So just get used to it. But that's really what it is. So that's a part of our life. We don't bat an eye differently at someone before us. I remember the generation before that dude was like, yeah, I play games. And looking at this nigga like, yo, you a kid? You playing games? But now a 30-year-old could be like, yo, yeah, I'm about to go home and play Call of Duty. And it's just a way of life. It's like, all right, cool. So... To link it back to what I was talking about before, it's the same exact thing with social media. It is a part of their life. Going on Instagram to have a conversation as opposed to just calling a nigga and just having a regular conversation that way is ingrained in their life. Going on live and being like, yo, we going to beef on live and curse each other out and get an audience. That's ingrained in their culture as Gen Z. That's something that they've adapted. That's something that's a little foreign to everybody who's not Gen Z because that's ingrained in their life. Now, bringing it back to millennials as to, again, why we are different. We grew up in the middle of it. We saw the internet rise. We saw the technological revolution and evolution. And we kind of have a different understanding of it 
than Gen Z. That's my opinion. I'm not saying that there's a huge gap where we can't bridge it, but there is a different understanding. For many of us, we couldn't go on the internet until we finished our real life duties. For a lot of Gen Z, their real life duties are also on the internet. We got to understand these things. They're doing assignments and they going, they're going directly to Google to look up shit. We had assignments and had to go to the fucking library. We had to go to somewhere physical in order to get the assignment done for a good portion of our lives. Most of us didn't start getting the digital track until we got to college. And so with that understanding of there being two worlds, a physical real world and a digital world, we look at that digital world differently than a lot of Gen Z's seem to be looking at it. I'm not a Gen Zer, so I don't know. And there's some great Gen Zers out there. I'm not saying that they're all cooked out. But from the behavior that's being displayed by Gen Z's, and obviously I'm generalizing, we got Greta, you know, Greta out here doing her thing. We have a lot. We have the the Parkland kids. Like, we have a lot of really intentional young people that are amazing in Gen Z. Um, don't get me fucked up. Don't, this ain't a Gen Z bash. This is an understanding, though, that their way of living is slightly different from previous generations. We're the closest ones to them, obviously, millennials, because we're right before them. And we have a good grasp of technology, the new technology that's out there. So we're not as lost as generations before us, which have a little bit harder of a harder time really understanding why Instagram is so important or why TikTok, uh, where you all niggas is doing is dancing, is actually something that you might want to have or might want to get on. You know, and unless you're in the entertainment realm, it's not being explained to you the same way. So that's just the difference between us. We grew up with a physical world and a digital world. They grew up with digital being part of their real world. There is no separate worlds. There's a separate world for us. A lot of us fucking did our homework, then jumped on Sconex. Or or played outside, then jumped on Sconex. And Sconex was something that we did from like seven to nine. But before that, we was chilling with our friends outside. We was outside, B. Gen Z, they rushing home to jump on the fucking phone that they already had on their possession in the first place. But unless there's a, a real reason for them to go somewhere, the, the studies are showing that a lot of Gen Zers like to be home. They, they don't like to be out. So there's a difference there. Stop getting us fucking confused. <laughs> Right. Because as long as Gen Z is acting like this and not like the Parkland kids who are amazing, as long as they want to do shit like licking toilet bowls, they can keep that shit all to themselves. That is theirs. That ain't ours. So, as y'all know, I'm not the biggest fan of Monique. But um, she said something I do feel like I have to commend her for this week. And she basically admitted that. She wasn't interested in being a mother. She was interested in being famous, and she paid for that. And I think that that is such a powerful, powerful thing for someone to admit to and someone to say. 
Let me tell you why. It's transitional. This isn't just about Monique and her fame and wanting to be a celebrity and actually succeeding in that that role. But a lot of us in this day and age are not fulfilling our obligations to our young people in the way that we could because we are so distracted with other things. Whether it is back to social media, we're distracted with that. Whether it is being distracted by a bad relationship that we already knew was bad when we went into it. A fuck nigga or a fuck girl. And they bring a drama into your life every single day. And because of that drama, you can't bring positivity to the young people that you're responsible for. Whether it is you're an older brother and you got a younger brother. You're a mother or father, and you have a child at home. A lot of us, if we're boiling it down, we may love being a father. We may love being a mother. We may love being a parent. But some of us in our current state are not interested in it. There's a difference there. There's a difference. I'm not talking about investment. We, I think everybody's invested, well, most people, can't say everybody, but most people are invested in making sure that their children are taken care of and are doing well. But being interested in that, sometimes there's a disconnect there. Being interested in that means coming up with ways to constantly engage the young person in your life and making sure that it's not just a matter of I'm just doing the bare minimum, but actually being interested. If you think about something that you're really excited for when you're nurturing a business for the first time or you're nurturing a relationship for the first time and you're all in, you sitting up at three in the morning with your legs in the air, kicking them as a grown ass man while you on the phone talking about, <laughs> yeah, you like pancakes too? Yeah, nigga. That's what I'm talking about. That type of interested where you talking about fucking pancakes at three in the morning. If you're not interested like that, I'm not saying that you're a bad parent, but there's a difference between being interested, being invested and just doing the bare minimum. So I just think that that was such a powerful thing for her to bring to the forefront um, because, listen, we have to return back to this idea of community. We have to return back to this idea of village. We have to return back to this idea of individuality. And although connectedness is the overall goal, that's something that's super important and needs to happen. Like I said earlier, the only way for that to really truly be a thing is if we know ourselves first. So it's just important for us to acknowledge like, yo, we really got to get back to this human interaction, one-on-one actual interactions and not these quick responses that we're so used to doing in this day and age with texting and leaving voice messages and 
these superficial interactions. I mean, a great person that talks a lot about this, shout out to her, she was on the podcast last year, um, is Alex Wolf, or two years ago now, shit. Alex Wolf, um, she has great theories about where we are with, with social media and human interaction. And it's true. That's a, that's a field of study that we really need to start populating a little bit more because technology is at that point where we can start to look at how those dynamics are affecting us as humans. And one of the things that's super evident is although we are social creatures, we use the superficial things that we get from social media as nourishment to our social needs. But it's equivalent to eating fast food as opposed to something that's super nutrient, uh, nutritious and nutrient-filled and things like that. Getting a text is not the same as an emotional good morning from someone face-to-face. Like, now I'm, 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 listen... Niggas that know me know that my favorite thing to do is to text. I do not like to call. FaceTime is whatever. But my biggest form of communication is texting. That's what I like to do. But even I can admit, especially within this time, that it hits a little different when you have a conversation with somebody or even a FaceTime with somebody when you're unable, when you're being told that you're not allowed to not to that extent, but it's being advised that you don't have as much contact with people as you're used to having. So those things are being cherished a little bit more. So shout out to Monique for that. Um, you know, hopefully Monique's, I didn't even take a look at her special. We spoke about that a while ago. I'm going to see if I could take a look at that. I'm going to recommend that as something to... People to watch. I don't even know when the shit come out. I don't even know if it's out already, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. If it's out, watch it. If not, the shit is coming out. Y'all already know. But um, let's get into these IG DJing and beat battles and fucking everything else that these celebrities have been doing. First of all, let me just start off by saying that I think it's a great idea. It's a great use of your platforms for this type of content. Keeping fans and people engaged with you this is the proper way to do ig live okay if anybody wants like to figure out what the fuck to do in order to get your ig live content game up instead of just going live and hey guys this is what you do have a purpose with the content if you're a bottle girl link up with your other bottle girlfriend and do an ass shaking content. Who can shake the ass the best, okay? That's not really the best use of it, but shit, it's better than what some of y'all niggas is doing when y'all come out here talking about not a goddamn thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, have something to do. So it started with Swiss Beats and Timbaland. I heard Timbaland wax that ass, but in the beginning, Swiss Beats had the upper hand. It just kind of the tide shifted because Timbaland is that nigga when it comes to the beat game. Anybody will let you know Timbaland is is up there. He one of the he's one of the goats, if not the goat. Um so it started with that, that went really well and then it kind of sparked a lot of other people to get into this IG live game and I think it was DJ um 
DJ Nice. I'm not sure. Um, D Nice, yeah, DJ D Nice. Uh, he did the live Instagram party for like three days, and I think he's planning on continuing it at some other point. But he did the DJing party, and it just picked up steam, and people were coming in. And he had Michelle Obama, he had um, Joe Biden, he had Bernie Sanders, he had a lot of different people just pop up and make it live. And it felt like a party for some people. It felt like a way to just let off steam and not really focus on the fact that for a lot of people, they are essentially locked down, although the wording isn't being used that way. Um, but they're being told, we're being told in the U.S. to basically stay inside. And and unless there's an absolute necessity to get your ass outside, stay in. So with that, it's just giving people something to do. Because a lot of y'all niggas is bored. I get it. Um, but then... Joe Budden, shout out to the Joe Budden podcast. Um, they put together the Boy Wonder versus Hit Boy. Um, and I didn't watch it. I think the shit happened Saturday um, or Friday, one of the two. Um, but I missed it. But that is definitely a beat battle that I'd be interested in seeing. And for those of you who don't know what the beat battles really consist of or look like, is basically the two artists playing songs um, that have their their beats on it. So if the boy wanted this some shit with Drake, he's busting that out. If Hit Boy did something with uh fucking Big Sean, he's busting one of those out. So it's like it's basically one of those, and they doing it like, all right, cool, oh word, that's yeah, that's lit. But you forgot about bah, and then they do theirs. So it's definitely a dope concept. It's picking up. IG Live, I do feel like it should continue. Um, but then we had niggas fucking up the ecosystem. And I, that's my favorite phrase, y'all. Y'all got to understand. Fucking up the ecosystem is my favorite phrase, but niggas do it so much. So we had these niggas, Sean Garrett and The Dream. Now, what they were talking about doing, I'm all for. But the problem with artists, me included, is artists are sensitive motherfuckers, man. Swiss and Timbaland, yeah, we versing each other, but we cool. Boy Wonder and Hit Boy, yeah, we versing each other, but we cool. Here come the motherfucking Dream and Sean Garrett. First of all, what the fuck is Sean Garrett eating? The nigga look like he gained 45 pounds since that Anaconda, not, what was it, that Nicki Minaj fucking video 10 years, I guess it was 10 years, so I... But damn, nigga, nigga was all in shape with a six-pack in that video. Nigga looked like all he eat is Krispy Kremes and McNuggets. But I digress. We got Sean Garrett versus The Dream, and they were talking about songs that they wrote for other people. Now, if you don't know, Sean Garrett is a huge writer in The Dream, obviously. Uh, well, it may not be obvious for some people, but The Dream is behind a lot of your crazy hits. The Dream has wrote some shit. Beyonce, Rihanna, the list goes on for the people that he's written for. But they were going to do a write-off contest. And the dream was basically like, yo, I'm going to put up 25K. You put up 25K for the corona relief. And let's go at it. Let's do it. But it didn't just continue to be a, like, simple thing. These niggas decided they want to start cursing each other out, going on live, Talking about all types of other shit that got nothing to do with the write-off battle. And now y'all fucking up the ecosystem. Because this is supposed to be a fun time 
for niggas to just have some form of entertainment that is a new stream that potentially could turn into something else. But y'all niggas is taking it way too seriously and out of context with the back and forths and the wild allegations and all the extra shit that y'all doing against each other. Relax. Relax, y'all. Chill out. So today, before I actually started the podcast, I saw that Neo put up that he wanted to do a write-off against Jonta Austin. Now, I don't know who the fuck Jonta Austin is. I don't think many of us know who Jonta Austin is. However, this is the play that I think Neo is doing, and I think it's smart, and I kind of commend him for it. I think Neo knows we don't know who Jonta Austin is. But I think Neo is trying to bring light to Jonta Austin. So this is a win-win for him. If he busts Jonta Austin's ass in this fucking write-off, then he busts his ass. If he loses, y'all, I mean, if he wins or loses, we still get introduced to Jonta Austin's catalog and what he's done because the writers are not really highlighted enough in the music business, in the music game. We don't highlight our writers who do a lot of the work, who teach some of these artists how to sing the song, and a lot of the hits that you got are from these these writers. So I think it's an ingenious move. I think that if Neo is thinking the way that I think he is, and he is a Libra, so I'm going to give him all that motherfucking credit. Um, I think he thought about this, and he said, Jonta deserves some light. Jonta Austin, niggas need to know who he is. Get up on that. So... Let's do it. Let's do this right off. And I think it's supposed to be happening. Well, y'all getting this episode on Tuesday. So this shit happened on a Sunday. Um, So we'll update you on that and see how that shit goes. But I really do think that this IG, in particularly the Beats Battle situation, I think that this is really dope. And it's a form of entertainment that can continue to be something really interesting because let some super heavy hitters start getting involved. I mean, Tim and Swiss is definitely up there, but you start seeing like Drake and Meek do like a a fucking single off or some shit like that, where they play like, yo, this single versus your single type shit. This that might get kind of interesting. I mean, we're artists, like like has been shown, these niggas is too sensitive. So maybe not the artists, but maybe the other parts of the music industry. Um could get real crazy fucking music producers could be like do a music video off that listen don't steal my fucking ideas but that could be some shit if done appropriately done right so kudos to this move i think it's dope um looking forward to seeing more of it (sighs) kanye west versus taylor swift again these niggas just don't know when to quit too legit to motherfucking quit so apparently, I don't know who started this shit. I, I, I don't know how it got reignited. Some of y'all niggas do. Feel free to tell, tell a nigga in the comments, whatever. But somehow this got reignited and Kim Kardashian thought she was doing herself and her husband a, a, a good service by playing the video call, the video of the call between Kanye and Taylor Swift. So if y'all don't remember, Taylor Swift had a beef with Kanye because Kanye used the word bitch um, in his song. I feel like this uh, bitch Taylor still owe me sex, whatever he said, um, but something along those lines. And Taylor Swift always 
held contentment towards it because she said, I didn't know that he was going to use the word bitch. And for the longest time, Kim and Kanye were like, no, she Ben knew that the nigga was going to use the word bitch. She's just trying to use this to get clout and use this to get her her uh, fan base to kind of attack Kanye and make him out to be the bad guy. But she knew damn well what Kanye was doing. And she's fronting for the gram right now. That was their determination. That's what they um, were running with. And for the longest time, even myself were, was on Kanye's side. Like, ah. listen, Taylor is definitely chasing this story because the shit is long done. The fucking Grammy shit. Then Ben happened like or music award, whatever the fuck it was. It Ben happened. Like, stop chasing that. That that shit. It was over. Stop clout chasing it. But with the video release, it is shown that, oh, apparently, that Kanye never did mention the word bitch. All of this, as I'm explaining it to y'all, sounds like stupid shit. So we're just going to cap it off with, did Kanye lie? I don't know. I honestly don't know. If, if, if maybe in his recollection, because sometimes we recall things differently than how they actually happen. But in his recollection, maybe he thought that he did mention the word bitch to Taylor Swift and she was cool with it. I will say that that phone call is cringeworthy. Like, it really looks like he he knows what he's doing is toting the line. And she just sounds like, uh, I'm going to be OK with it because I don't want to cause issues, but I'm really not OK with it. So it doesn't sound like a a conversation where two people were really invested in it. So I really feel like it was bound to be this anyway. Because, I mean, he really, really told it the line with that video, with those lyrics at the time. And so I don't know if he lied or maybe just didn't realize that he did not tell her, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm using the word bitch. Because in the, in the call, basically, he's saying to her, like, yeah, I'm going to say a line that says, I feel like Taylor still owes me sex. And Taylor was like, what? <laughs> what? And Kanye was like, I know, but it's cool. Like, it's edgy and it makes you, it makes it look like you are, like, super okay with it. Like, yeah, nah, Kanye's cool. Yeah, that that line is cool. And I'm like, yo, y'all niggas sound really crazy right now. But um, that's where that is. Let us know what the fuck y'all think. I think both of them really need to just put this shit to rest, honestly. Nobody gives a fuck. Two shits. I feel stupid even reporting that dumb shit. Anyway, another thing that I'm probably going to feel dumb reporting about is Kim and, and Courtney getting into a fight for the Kardashians. I don't trust nothing from these niggas, man. Y'all could run with it. Say it looked like a real fight. Look like somebody was really upset. Oh, my God. They do everything for clout. Every single thing. And I kind of started fucking with Kim after she started picking up some of the justice service, the social justice issues. But that does not negate the fact that they get their checks from drama. So that's how I see it. Some of y'all may be like, nah, that shit really went down and y'all are really interested to see how they recover or what led to it and all of that. But for me, I just feel like it's a clout chase. They need attention on them. They've been relatively quiet in terms of them for a decent period of time so i don't see this as anything else but let's put the attention back on us even though this is kind of not the time for anybody to be really 
invested in that. But that's how I see that shit. Riri and Drake seem to be cool again, which is very interesting to see. Some people didn't see this happening anytime soon, but if you know a good nigga like Drake, you know he's always sending, he probably sent her like three fucking dozen roses several times since their breakup. Um, But it's good to see, honestly. I think that this is, how it should be between exes. You guys break up. Maybe I'll need some space. Maybe I'll need some distance. But eventually, like, your ex is... Your ex should not be your enemy unless they really did some foul shit during the relationship. That's how I see it. I'm not going to look at you and, like... For me, most of my relationships started out with people that I was friends or friendly with. So I'm not going to go from we were cool and we were friendly... To I don't fuck with you and I hate you solely because we got into a romantic situation and realized that it wasn't going to work out and then decided to take a step back from the romance and get back into just being who we were. Like, I'm not going to then be like, nah, you're the worst person in the world unless you did something within that time frame that showed me you were the worst person in the world. But other than that, if you're still the same person I met before we started being romantic, then we should be able to be cool again at some point in time. So I love the move. It looks super dope. Um, It's really interesting. They keep throwing jabs and jokes at one another. Some of y'all think that the shit is is real. Newsflash. They're cool. They're friendly. Like, relax. Party next door is Drake's nigga. And Party just dropped the album, which we will talk about. But, yeah. So that's my, my take on that. Great to see. Uh, I hope more people really start to look at their relationships with their exes in a different light and don't think that everything has to end in negativity or or bad. Like, if they were your friend before, they should be your friend after. Kevin Hart, new baby on the way. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations, Kevin motherfucking Hart. Kevin Hart has been through a lot for these past couple years. Some of y'all niggas still hate him. I don't. I think Kevin just, he shows us what humanity is, honestly. He's a human being. And that's what his story entails to me. There's fuck-ups and there's rebounds and there's comebacks. Like, so I'm very happy for him. I'm very happy for the baby on the way. Um, Be safe. And much love to you. Now, one thing that Kevin Hart is doing that I also really admire and I think is really cool, and it goes back to this IG content because that's where a lot of us are living currently since we can't go outside. Um, He's doing this series called Messages from the Heart, and it's really, really dope. So what he's doing is he recounts some of his life lessons and life stories and and. He brings them to the forefront and he leaves a little gem at the end of them. Now, one thing that I'm really understanding about Kevin Hart is he is an amazing fucking storyteller. Like, goddamn, this nigga could tell a motherfucking story. But he's a great storyteller and he and the way he ties things together, there sometimes they're a reach. It's a reach. Sometimes it's a reach, but um it's still beautifully woven together. So Again, if you're looking for content to really 
quell your urge and your needs for something to keep you entertained, I think that is something that you might want to look into. Um, Messages by the Heart is, is on his IG live. I mean, not his live. It's on his IG um, store. No, what the fuck? IGTV. Getting them shits all fucked up. Sounding like I'm a boomer. God damn. But all right. So let's get to the music. Party Next Door dropped the album Friday called Party Mobile. I'm on my second listen. On my, I have to listen to things sometimes two times in order to really grasp it. On my first listen, listen, it was mid for me. It was just cool. My second listen, I'm liking things a little bit more. Now, of course, because there is this quote-unquote beef between him and The weekend, we have to talk about whether the party mobile was better than after hours. And for me, I'm going with a no. I know on Joe Budden, they feel like Party Next Door had delivered a better album. I don't necessarily agree. Um, I'm going for a no. I think it's a dope project. And again, I have to complete my second listen. There, there are some songs on there, and it's definitely an enjoyable listen. Um, there are elements of it that, like I said, are just mid- um, and overall the project is made to me, but that's more because I don't, some of his choruses, they're just dry to me. There's, they just re repeating the same shit over and over and over. And he does that often. Like a lot of, a lot of his songs have certain lines that he'll just say over and over. They have certain choruses, choruses that he just says over and over. So for me, it's just that I like really intentional writing and I do believe that he's being intentional at least he thinks he is but it just also is coming off like weak to me um the weekend I can see why people some people don't really look at it in high esteem the new project it's not the best from the weekend because there is limited variety I think he needs needed to just have a little bit more variety in his sound um, maybe throw a ballad on there. Um, maybe not all of that 80s pop shit. But to me, it still is a great fucking project. And it still sounds better than Party Mobile. Party Mobile def- definitely does have more variety, but his pen game isn't isn't hitting the same his, as the as the weekend for me. Um, but it has more variety of sound. It does. Um, so for me, the weekend won that battle, but again, I'm on my second listen currently. So when I listen again, my, my opinion may change slightly. Um, but yeah, so I think that the weekend kind of took that. Now we got to go back to the beef though, because the weekend did drop after hours, deluxe same fucking weekend. As the party mobile. So this is only leading more credence to, or lending more credence rather, to this idea, this notion that The weekend is trying to crush parties' fucking numbers. Now, I know Maul thinks that it doesn't matter, but it really does matter in terms of when two artists decide to drop. It does matter. 
Because for me as a content consumer, what I decide to pick first is what's going to get my attention first for that those first week numbers. If the weekend and the party dropped on the same day, I'm listening to the weekend's album first, or I'm making time to listen to the weekend's album. And if for whatever reason I don't end up getting to Party's album that weekend, I may not get to it until the next week or until a couple days later. And so in terms of those first week numbers, it's definitely important as to seeing and making sure who you're dropping with. You don't want to drop with someone that you know is going to dominate the news feed, is going to dominate the DSPs, um, download download streaming platforms. You're not going to want to do that because their namesake is one on Apple Music. They're putting the biggest artists, their project first. You might be right next to them, but they're putting your project first. You're going to click on that first. If it's a long project, you might spend two days listening to it and then want to listen to it again and then realize, oh, shit, I didn't listen to X, Y, and Z and go back to that. So it really does matter. I don't know why Maul doesn't think that it, it does, but it does. Um, so Joe got you on that one. But yeah, so he dropped a, a deluxe, and I haven't listened to the new songs, but it's really interesting that he decided to do that around the same time Party did. You can't say that there ain't something there. Um, now, that also leads us to have this conversation about artists and these deluxe projects. Artists keep dropping deluxe projects, and this is more of a recent thing. I mean, the deluxe thing obviously was a thing. That has existed in music, but in this DSP uh, lay of the land, this is kind of a new trend that artists will drop their project and then a week later drop the deluxe. So Uzi did it and now The Weeknd is doing it and I haven't listened to the new deluxe, but it's really interesting. I wonder why this is the trend. I'm sure it has something to do with numbers and Deluxes, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, count as the original project. So you're basically, you can add an extra 100 to 250 to your original project in terms of streams and numbers and units being sold. So I do feel like it has something to do with that. But it's definitely an interesting trend that I'm seeing with artists. Boosie needs to get the fuck off IG. <laughs> okay? Somebody needs to take his phone. And I'm not saying that because of his stances. I know that a lot of people agree with him, and then obviously there's a large group of people that feel like his stances are a little bit ignorant. I'm definitely in the middle leaning more towards the ignorant pile. And let me tell you why. Boosie should know better. Because he keeps shooting himself in the foot. He keeps saying things and doing things that are toting the line. And I really, I'm really starting to feel like this is because there's somebody in his ear telling him to keep doing these behaviors because it's keeping him relevant. So they're basically taking the nigga outside of his element and putting him here to try and get relevancy and to get eyes on him. And the moment people start doing that, 
I think that they put themselves in position to get into a fucked up situation that they're not really ready for. And honestly, if I'm keeping it a stack, I don't think people are laughing with Boosie. I think people, the majority of people are laughing at him. They may agree with him, but they're laughing at him. They're not laughing with him. So recently he did the strippers on his IG. IG said they were going to take his account away if he if they see nudity on his shit again. Um, he obviously has the the stance on the transgender children and making the storyline for Dwayne Wade's uh, daughter to seem as if Dwayne Wade was encouraging a sex change operation. And although there are elements to what he's saying that I do feel like have validity and a foundation, it's about how he's going about it and the fact that he just keeps jumping on IG with these opinions. It's like, all right, my nigga, we get it. We hear you. Like, you don't got to keep doing that shit, though, because now it's just starting to seem like you're chasing the clout. You're chasing the moment just to get whatever reaction and they stay relevant. And to me, that's corny. I don't if that's really your opinion and that's your opinion. I don't, I don't mind that. Like besides the fact of I may not agree with everything that you have to say or I may not agree with your stance 100 percent. But beyond that, like have your opinion, but don't force that shit on IG every two seconds, because now it's starting to seem like this is just a, a plight. This is just something to get you intent to get you attention and then it always ends up on the shade room. And I already told you guys about what some of those linkages between the shade room and niggas that you haven't heard from in ages is about. That's a that's just a money exchange there. Yo, we pay you X, Y, and Z. You advertise us. Don't call it an advertisement, obviously. We're just going to... They'll go on your IG, find something you put up that they think is going to get attention, and they throw it up there. But that's a partnership right there. So... I just think that somebody needs to take this nigga's phone before he says or does some shit where we don't have access to Boosie no more. I want to see Kings win. I'm not going to sit here and keep laughing at niggas. Like, first couple times is funny, but now I'm starting to look at it from a different angle. And it's like, yo, y'all keep encouraging him to do this dumb shit, but y'all not looking for his best interest in mind. Y'all looking for him to do, keep doing the shit. And then when he does something that's over the line and over the top and niggas really don't fuck with, y'all all going to just kill the nigga. That's what y'all going to do like y'all do everybody else. So that's not cool to me. So somebody needs to get into Boosie's ear and let him know that, yo, although this is a way to keep attention on you and shit is not for the right reasons. Like, I get it. Some people looking at it like, yeah, he just being real and raw and he just giving niggas honest unfiltered opinions and that's the generation that we're in right now we like honest unfiltered opinions until we don't then we want to cancel everybody but i get that it's just a matter of i don't want to see him get to the point where niggas are trying to cancel him a nigga that i wouldn't mind getting canceled though is Blueface. now listen listen it is well documented that i don't really fuck with the things that Blueface does I don't know Blueface, so I can't say that I don't fuck with Blueface. He might be a, a great person in, in in person, great individual in person, rather. But from things that I've seen him say, the interviews, all these different things, I really don't have an affinity for the brother. So seeing this nigga crack an egg over his mom's head, talking about, I'm going to give you 
$1,000 for cracking two eggs over your head. I don't know, man. It don't feel right to me. It, it, it don't, it's not funny. It's not jokes. Like, I could never see myself. Me and my mom play around. Me and my mom are clowns. I can't see myself doing things to belittle or degrade my mom on IG Live. And the fact that their relationship was strained from from the beginning, it only just makes it even more like it's different if you know that there's love there, if, if there's love in the home. I'm not saying there isn't, but it's different when we as people watching in, we as the consumers of the content that you're deciding to put out, when we see it and say, oh, we know that there's a loving relationship there, as opposed to us seeing that and knowing damn well that y'all don't fuck with each other just a year ago. I mean, a lot can change in a year, but that seemed like some pretty irreconcilable shit y'all was going through. So, I don't know. I don't like seeing it. But what I will give him credit and will big him up on is this Lizzo situation where they're trying to, where they're trying to drag Blueface. I don't fuck with Blueface, but y'all niggas is bugging. There's nothing to drag him here. All the niggas said was, yeah, she's a bigger girl, um, but she could still get it. She is a bigger girl, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that's the reality. There's nothing wrong with, with understanding that. Niggas come to me all the time and be like, nigga, you're short. I'm 5'7". <laughs> okay. Like, what the fuck? I'm short. So it, it, I'm not going to take offense to something that I know about myself. And he didn't say anything in an offensive way. He didn't say, oh, she a big girl, so I can't. I'm never touching big girls. I don't like. He said she a big, she's a bigger girl, and she could get it because they asked the question in a way that was leading to that. If Lizzo has the corona but says you you says for you to come over, you coming, and he's like, yeah, nigga, I'm going. So let's not let's not be fucking doofuses and kill him for stupid shit let's kill him for the shit that actually needs our attention on not dumb shit like that takashi wants an early release hell no keep that nigga in jail that's all i got for (laughs) y'all politics let's get into this realm real real quick and soon wrap up things here big things are going all right politics 2020 olympics are postponed as they should be this, this coronavirus is serious and is deadly. And the more and more I'm seeing about it, the more and more I'm seeing younger and younger people passing from it. I'm seeing a lot of be, people being affected by this, this virus and this disease. So 2020 Olympics being postponed is something that needed to happen. I always look forward to the Olympics. It's an amazing thing, but I totally understand And would like to see what the contingency plan ends up being. Trump would like people back to work in two weeks. So he wants people back to work by Easter. And he keeps talking about there being an Easter miracle. This is why they wanted people to separate church and state, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with not letting niggas uh, praise God in school or anything like that. It's because... When some people force their religion upon others, it could lead to dire consequences. 
Now, believe what you want to believe and recruit as many people as you can and as you so desire into your said religion. But the reason why they want to can keep government and religion separate is because of situations like this, where our governmental leader has a particular religious belief and ideology and is ignoring the science around what's happening and is making his decision based somewhat, it seems like at least that's how he's explaining it. I'm not going to sit here and make it sound like it's that simple, but it sounds like he's partly basing his decision off of his religion. Now, there's certain people that don't even believe in what he believes in. And so you're telling them now to go back to work. Everything's going to be okay. When the scientists are saying the complete opposite. And that's an issue. That's a problem. So hopefully he gets advised differently. I mean, the, the cases in New York are said to spike in a, in minimum the next 21 days. Um, so that's beyond what he's... Well, that's around where he's talking about people should go back. And I think that that's something that needs to be reconsidered. A $2.2 trillion relief deal was passed this week. It's weekend, I believe. And so families that are affected by this corona outbreak will be receiving some relief. I've been hearing mixed signals about when you guys will get the relief. Um, but they're giving $1,200 to, to single people making $75,000 or less. And, um, I believe they're giving 2,400 to families, um, and an extra additional 500 for each child that is under the age of 16. I want to say something along those lines. Um, I didn't really read up on it as much as I could have before I got here, but I believe that that's what's in the bill. It's a starting point. It's definitely not enough. It's a one-time thing. It's not like a monthly situation in this first bill, but it's enough. I mean, it's a start. It's definitely a start um, for relief efforts. I know too many people who are in the bar industry or the entertainment club, um, just hourly workers in general, and this is a trying time. They're seeing bills come in, and they can't pay it. They can't do anything about it. They're seeing rent come in, and they can't do anything about it. Literally can't do anything about it. You you lost your job without any forewarning of losing your job in a, in a state. I'm not talking about New York. I mean the state of the country where businesses are closed down either permanently or for the meantime, and are not looking to hire new people. So there's not much you can do in that. You lose your job and you can't really go out there and go get a job unless you are like super entrepreneur and can just hustle some shit up real quick. You're going to have a lot of drug dealers out here. And niggas probably ain't even buying drugs like that. But to my point, this is a dire, a dire time for a lot of people, so they need that relief. And I hope that, you know, they get it and 
we can get to a, a place soon where people are able to get their finances back in order. With that, there's been a, a part of the bill, apparently, where if you owe child support, you will not get a part of the stimulus. I do not agree with that unless the money that they were going to give to said individual that owes child support ends up going to the mother and children um, of that individual. So if y'all just not giving them the stimulus, I don't agree with that. If y'all not giving it to them, but giving it directly to the family. So if Shorty is taking care of the kid and she was only going to get the 1200 but now she's getting 2200 I'm I'm okay with that. But it also kind of negates the fact that, listen, that one situation regarding child support should not continue to push you down to a point where you can't recover. It doesn't mean that this this person who may still be in the service industry or or hourly worker doesn't need money to survive themselves. So not giving them the stimulus support, I'm I'm just not really a fan of of that idea and I get the reason why it's kind of like well if you ain't paying child support then you know you can't get these perks but at the same time we are in an emergency state literally so people need help and defining them by things that they owe the government I don't know it just has to be thought out a little bit more I will be a little bit more okay with it if again it goes to the to the family Governor Cuomo is out here looking like a motherfucking G. He's been handling this pandemic really, really well for New York, um, showing great leadership. He's been in the trenches. He's fighting for the people. Like, this is what American presidents used to look like, in case any of us forgot, with this nigga in the office, Agent 45. But the way Cuomo is handling this situation, he's looking real presidential, and he's not running now, so don't get my words twisted up. But I would love to see him run in the future if this is the type of energy that he continues to bring to the table. And obviously, Cuomo has been here for a while, but he's just hilarious. Him and his brother go back and forth every night like when they when they go on um, CNN together. I mean, his brother's an anchor and obviously he's the, the governor, but um, it's just funny to see them go back and forth. He just seems like a real human being, real cool guy, um, and he's not panicking. This is a lot going on in New York, but he's not panicking. He's he's keeping it G, and I respect it. Um, and hopefully, maybe, you know, 2024 or beyond, maybe we'll see a President Cuomo. Um, like Again, this is based off of the energy that he's bringing to the table now. Um, Andrew Gillum. Now, this story is really fucking interesting. And I don't think many people know about it because it's been kind of swept under the rug. And I don't like that. So we're going to talk about it. Some of you may know Andrew Gillum if you are in tune with politics as the brother who almost took Florida. Right. I it was a gubernatorial gubernatorial race, I believe, that he was. In and he almost won against 
I can't remember this nigga's name. This the Sanchez or some some something like that. Um, but he almost won, and he got a lot of national attention brought to him in his name. A lot of people were looking at him to see what he would do next. And apparently what he decided to do next was snort coke and have a male escort in his room. But we we not seeing none of this information on the national news. I don't know what the fuck now. I am not shaming the man for whatever his preference is. If if he likes male escorts, all right, whatever. But he is a married man with kids and they found him in the room half naked um apparently they were doing all sorts of drugs and then the escort started throwing up and there was another dude there it was a 56 year old dude there there was a 30 something year old dude there and there was andrew gillum so the 56 year old was like oh nah y'all niggas look fucked up i'm calling the cops called the cops cops came seen this nigga throwing up and andrew gillum i also believe was throwing up and looking crazy and they were like half naked when they were found or or naked fully whatever i would like to know why this shit is not being spoken about um in terms of media coverage because they was all over this nigga when he was going for governor but we're not hearing nothing and i don't like that um unfortunately that brings a lot of credence to some conservatives that say that the media is solely liberal and we have to combat that as people we just need fair and honest media. That's it. Now, I I love me some Democrats. I consider myself independent, as I say often. But I love me some Democrats. I ain't fucking with this this cover up shit that that's going on. Thirty three point three trillion, three point three, not thirty three point three trillion Americans filed for unemployment, which is the highest it's ever been. Um. It just adds more credence to the fact that this coronavirus shit is real. 59,000 people have had the virus in New York City. 34,000 citywide in the state of New York City. And 135,000 nationwide have contracted coronavirus in the USA. So this is a lot. This is a lot. 30,000 people have died from the disease worldwide. 2,000 have died from the disease in the US. And 1,000, that's half, have died in New York City. So for a lot of people who are like, yo, this is just a disease for old people and those who have deficient immune systems what i'd say to that is because of the way it's contagious and the way it doesn't have just clear-cut symptoms they are so variant within each individual that contracts the disease this is not just about old people and people who have compromised immune systems and we can't sit here and act like oh well they're old they live their life because as you've seen in the shade room, grandmother killed daughter and her granddaughter in that fucking TikTok dance that they was doing. So she is the epitome, the epitome of showing that the older generation still has a lot to teach 
the younger generation. We can't treat our elderly like they live their life. If it's just attacking the elderly, we don't got to do much about it. If it's just attacking people who are already sick, we don't got to do much about it. I keep and I constantly remind people, Stephen Hawking's had ALS and was the most brilliant mind that we have seen in a very long time. So we just push people aside solely because they don't look like the strongest, the fittest, the youngest. We are going to do ourselves a disservice. Obviously, we have to be rational about our approach and what we're doing in terms of this virus. But we also have to have compassion as well. There is a saying. I cannot remember who said it, but it goes, show me how you take care of your sick and your elderly, elderly, and I will show you the soul of a nation. Again, show me how you take care of your sick and your elderly, and I will show you the soul of your nation. That's real shit. Really powerful. So we can't just talk about these things like it's a flyover type of thing. There's a, a, a large portion of our population dying from this disease. Um, and let's not forget, viruses mutate rapidly. They evolve rapidly. And this may go away by the summertime because it doesn't seem to do well in the heat. But they are predicting that it will be back way stronger next December. So we have to understand that this is something that we need to figure out. And I know there's a lot of conspiracies around vaccines and uh, one world order, new world order and all this shit. Nah, I hear y'all conspiracy niggas. I really do. And again, as I always say, I do not discredit that governments have the propensity, ability and history of doing things and covering them up. But I just think that when we think about these things, we just jump to say that everything is a conspiracy without being pragmatic about the thought process as to why, what, and how, and what's going on. Like, businesses are losing millions and billions of dollars. No business is going to voluntarily do that for some new world order-ish that they're not even 100% aware of. There are easier ways to take out populations where populations wouldn't even know what the fuck was going on than to falsify certain things. So as much as there could be something that we don't know regarding this virus and other things that have happened. Hindsight is 2020 and you can always create a story out of things that are not interconnected. Distinguish had put up a post um, where they were talking about there's a pandemic or there's a, a disease every election year. And I said to him and I'll say it to y'all, we have election years every two years, y'all. Every two years. The likelihood of something hitting within that time frame is large, as well as that's not true. Swine flu started in 2009. 
Now, I didn't look at all of the pandemics because I just I already knew it wasn't true. I didn't feel like going through all that. But swine flu started in 2009, not 2010, as some memes and some misinformation is being presented to lend more credence to that idea that this is nothing but something that happens within every election year. It's not true, um, as well as we have in this country consistent elections. We have elections for the House and Senate every two years. We have presidential elections every four years. There's bound to be some election happening at some point. So a big election at that. So we just have to be careful about the information that we're receiving, how we're internalizing it, and putting it back out into the world because that's adding more anxiety to this situation. We aren't doing anything good for those around us by adding more anxiety to this situation and adding more to it than what it it needs to be. Now, I'm all for a conspiracy that has some real strong facts and credence behind it, but what I constantly warn about is getting information from the internet, getting information from a popular influencer that seems credible, and then just divulging the same thing without doing your own research and and looking it up. There's one brother, I think he's a, a good guy, but I don't really fuck with the shit that he be putting out. Because it's all about conspiracy this, conspiracy that, and he's not checking his facts. And that's Riza Islam. I know a lot of niggas fuck with him. I think he's a cool dude. He does not check his sources. He put out uh, a joint not too long ago talking about um, swine flu infected more and killed more than coronavirus. And that there was just spreading of... Fear from the government, but his numbers were from a two-year span of dealing with swine flu, 2009-2010, versus one month of dealing with coronavirus. These are the things that people are doing to just prove their point, make it seem like they're ahead of the curve, make it seem like they're the most knowledgeable person, and unfortunately, I don't know if that's what his intention is, I'm not commented on him i don't know the brother but unfortunately leading people into following them but that also leading to a check for themselves because sooner or later they're offering the book that they wrote or the conference they'll be speaking at or the this or the that and it's disingenuous it's not a reality it's not what they actually believe at some point they're just pandering this information because they know they have a group of followers that are willing and and yearning to get something new to hop on to validate their own conspiracies about how terrible this world is and the government is. And again, we all know that the government commits atrocities and covers shit up. Tuskegee Airmen. That's all I got to say on that. But do your research and not just We live in this age where you can go on the internet and you can type in a a Google search and it will bring up exactly what it is that you typed in as the question. 
Is there a new world order? And you'll see 50,000 articles saying yes and no. That's not doing the research or going down your own rabbit hole deeper and deeper just to validate what you thought. Look up counter arguments. Look up and see if there is any validity to what you're, you're thinking or saying or reading and then compare the two. All right. Does this make sense? Yeah, that does make more sense. Uh, now this reason don't, doesn't really add up. And find your answer that way. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, about to wrap up this episode. First thing I'm going to do is tell you guys a couple of different things that I'm watching and that maybe you want to take a look into. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up with what would dad say? Let's get it. So in terms of TV shows, I just watched The Circle uh, from beginning to end. Shout out to the silent celeb as I know her. Y'all may know her as Mercedes or Karen, but the silent celeb who was one of our very first guests on Dad Has Some Bowties. Shout out to her. Um, And she was basically the reason why I decided to tune into The Circle. It was her and then a lot of people were like, nah, this shit was really good. So I tuned into the circle and I did not expect to get hooked the way I did. It's a really, really interesting show. It's part game show turned into like a dating situation. Um, and one of the, and then it's part like um, the real world, like where it's just people living and chilling and living a life. So it's really interesting. Obviously, there is some producing going on there. Um and I was like really interested and I'm, we're definitely going to see if we could get silent. I know she busy now, but we see if we could get silent back on the show um, to talk about some of the intricacies of how they did it, especially, you know, with the voice sounding board, which I read into. And basically they were saying that there was a control room in which when they would say message or whatever, the producers would actually hear it and type out what it was that they said. Um, because it was just way too many discrepancies in like how they would would operate the board, how they would get it to activate. Like I was just like, nah. Like at one point, a nigga was like walked up to the to the screen and said, and then this type of monkey emoji. And I was like, there ain't no program in the world right now that's affordable enough for a entertainment show to pick up that can look at you, wave your hands and wiggle around and know exactly what emoji you you need or want or desire. So I definitely was like, yeah, there had to be some producing behind that. But I would love to know from from being on the show, like what were some of the things that she went through? Um, But overall, show is really good. I would definitely suggest that. These are definitely things to watch while in quarantine since, you know, a lot of us got some time on our hands. So that show's on Netflix. Another great Netflix show that it's a documentary that a lot of people are talking about, seems really interesting, is something called The Tiger King. Tiger King follows a murder mystery um, revolving some really eccentric characters dealing with the zoo world, which is a really interesting angle that we haven't seen much. And I've watched one episode. I'm going to see if I can watch a few more today or tomorrow. But it's it's really interesting and it's entertaining because there's a lot of eccentric characters. Like, really, really interesting people. 
Um, really, really crazy shit. Ozark, I have not watched it yet. I keep hearing that is really, really good. I'm going to try and get into it. I encourage anybody else to get into it as well. Little Dicky has a show, I think, called Dave. Um, I'm hearing that is really good. It's really funny. So if you need something to lighten the mood for you while at home, Dave is another show I would recommend. Love is Blind. I'm hearing a lot about Love is Blind. It's another Netflix reality show, kind of like The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Um, so that's something I'll recommend for the audience as well. Movies. I just copped 1917. Heard it was super dope. When I saw the previews, I wanted to see it. I just never had the time to. Um, and it looked really, really good. So a lot of movies are releasing on DVD early because of the, the pandemic and outbreak. I just copped it, just picked it up. So I will let y'all know if it's a good watch or not, in my opinion. But I encourage you guys. I think it might be on demand, too. So I encourage you to to definitely take a look at that that movie. And The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man is actually out, too. And I think it's on demand as well. Again, because of the pandemic, a lot of uh, companies are releasing movies to streaming services, um, your cable provider and to stores early. So Invisible Man, I heard, was a good watch. Um, So take a look. Let me know what y'all think. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties. And as I close out, I will give y'all what would Dad say. So Dad would say that there is an importance in taking into account the things that we take for granted. I think this time in all of our lives really brings that to the forefront. There is a magic that we take for granted in being able to see the ones that we love on a daily basis in person to have face-to-face conversations, to go sit in a store like a Starbucks or another common space area, and just just take in nature while others are around you. There are so many things that this virus is disrupting that we all took for granted. Going to a restaurant, going to brunch, taking the train. Like, this is more than just the sickness. This is more than just a lockdown. This is really challenging us at our core because humans are social creatures. We need that interaction. And best believe, we're going to come out of this stronger. I don't have any doubt. I also feel like this is going to be where a lot of innovative new things are going to come. This is going to really steer society in another way. I spoke about it last week in terms of what we think may happen in terms of the school system moving forward. But in general, because we see that there's a necessity now where another virus, pandemic, or situation may arise where now there is more of a necessity for our technology to be more intertwined and to be better quality at that, we're going to see some advances in that area. We're definitely going to see all of these things, these digital everything improve 
because now it's looking like a necessity. A lot of people are working from home. A lot of people are doing phone conferences and FaceTime conferences in terms of like Zoom. Um, So all of those type of elements, I can see a huge jump in improvement in the next five years because it's now no longer just a cool little techie thing that you can do if you're in the know. Oh, I can do a little presentation on uh, Zoom real quick. Now it's becoming a necessity where it's like, Nah, if something, if some shit really goes down, we still need to be able to contact and be connected because that's really important. But it doesn't negate the fact that that true, real world physical interaction will always be necessary and will always be needed. So dad would say cherish that. XAB, that has some bow ties. Let me, let me do that again because that sounded crazy. This is XAB, and this has been Dad Hats and Bowties. Later, y'all, be safe.